soul. We believe you are God and in control. Welcome to the Worship Generation Radio Ministry with Pastor Joey Brand, a ministry of Worship Generation Church located in Fountain Valley, California. For more information, please visit us at www.worshipgeneration.com. We believe in the power of the gospel. We believe you can transform every soul. We believe you're the Savior. Now let's join Pastor Joey as we study through the Bible. Let the nations be glad, all his saints rejoice. Deuteronomy is that final book written by Moses and ascribed his authorship with the Holy Spirit. It's known as the Pentateuch. And we've been through, we've been going through these books for the last two years. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and now Deuteronomy. We're in the final month of Moses' life. He's on the east side of the Jordan River, modern Jordan. They're all looking at the promised land. They're looking at Jericho. They're a great challenge in front of them. That's the promised land. They're going to go in. But before they go in, first Moses is going to take them through the law. He's going to give the repetition of the law, thus Deuteronomy. And then when you get to the book of Joshua, right after Moses passes away, the Lord appears to Joshua as the command of the Lord's army. So first God gives them the law reminded and applied, and then he gives them the appearance of Jesus Christ in the Old Testament as the command of the Lord's army appears to Joshua. So he gave them everything they needed. And then if you think about it, if someone's just going to share all their wisdom that they've learned in the life's journey of godly things. That's what Moses is doing right now. And he's not doing it for the previous generation because they've all died, except for Joshua and Caleb, everyone over 20 that failed the test at Kadesh Barina. It's really for the next generation, and it really always is about the next generation and equipping them. And, and that's our background. So as we come to Deuteronomy, the book has essentially three divisions. The first four chapters are a review of their journey, their history, since God had brought them out of the out of the land of Egypt to the promised land. Tonight, when it picks up the text, it picks up at Mount Sinai where God made the covenant with them. It does not go back to Egypt. It starts with Mount Sinai, the Ten Commandments, where they received the Ten Commandments, and where the covenant was made between God and the nation of Israel. Then, you know, chapter 5 on, for most of the book, is the law being expounded, the law being the moral law of the Ten Commandments, the civil law of governing a nation, and then the religious law of the holidays, the animal sacrificial system, and so forth. And it's, it's a wonderful book, and I'm excited that we're going to be going through it as we move from winter to spring towards summer. So that's our template. So tonight and for the next week or so, we're going to be doing our topical studies from the first few chapters that is the reviewing pretty much of what we read in Numbers. And that's what you get here in the first couple chapters. So if it sounds familiar, it is because it's a review of God's faithfulness historically to them before Moses will begin to expound on the law for the next generation. He's building the basis of God's faithfulness and then instructing them what God expects from them as they prepare to enter in. And in that background, it said that he began to explain to them the law. And as he was explaining to them the law, he began, again, as I said, reiterating God's faithfulness and what God had previously done. So tonight we're going to pick up in verse 19 of chapter 1 of Deuteronomy, and he's going to recount when they came to Kadesh Barina, and they were told to go in and spy out the land with the 40 spies, with the 12 spies for 40 days, and what happened there. And while we've looked at this previously, we're going to look at it again tonight and continue to pull some applications that would seem appropriate for us individually and collectively as a church. So verse 19 
As they left Mount Sinai, where they received the law, we read this. So he departed from Oreb and went through all that great and terrible wilderness, which he saw on the way to the mountains of the Amorites, as the Lord our God had commanded us. Then we came to Kadesh Barina, and I said to you, you have come to the mountains of the Amorites, which the Lord our God is giving us. Look, the Lord your God has set the land before you. Go up and possess it. As the Lord God of your fathers has spoken to you, do not fear or be discouraged. And every one of you came near to me and said, let us send men before us and let them search out the land for us and bring back word to us of the way which we should go up of this, and of the cities into which we shall come. Then the plan pleased me well, so I took 12 of your men, one man from each tribe, and they departed and went up into the mountains and came to the valley of Eshcol and spied it out. They also took some of the fruit of the land in their hands and brought it down to us, and they brought back word to us, saying, It is a good land which the Lord our God has given us. Nevertheless, you would not go up, but rebelled against the command of the Lord your God, and you complained in your tents and said, Because the Lord hates us, he has brought us out of the land of Egypt to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites to destroy us. And where can we go up? Our brethren have discouraged our hearts, saying, The people are greater and taller than we. The cities are great and fortified up to heaven. Moreover, we have seen the sons of the Ankim there. And then I said to you, do not be terrified or afraid of them. The Lord your God who goes before you, he will fight for you according to all that he did for you in Egypt before your eyes and in the wilderness where you saw how the Lord your God carried you as a man carries his son in the way that he went until you came to this place. Yet for all that, you did not believe the Lord your God who went in the way before you to search out a place for you, to pitch your tent, to show you the way you should go in the fire by night and the cloud by day. And the Lord heard the sound of your words and was angry and took an oath saying, surely not one of these men of this evil generation shall see the good land at which I swore to give to their fathers, except Caleb, the son of Jephno. He shall see it. And to him and his children, I am given the land on which he walked because he wholly followed the Lord. And this is that recounting of that story that we read about in Numbers and even looked at in application. This phrase, the Lord God has set before you, gets our attention. And it's there in verse 21. Look, the Lord God has set before you the land before you. The Lord has set before you. And as collectively as a people group, in a covenant with God, opportunities were set before them as we move out of all the COVID restrictions and things are opening up around the country and around the world, we see the church of Jesus Christ like so many other things coming out of the ashes or what's left. I mean, obviously we see many businesses that are closed and are never going to reopen. I'm sure you've noticed that. Have you, I don't know if it's just me. I'm suddenly noticing how many businesses actually really went out of business in the last year and how many restaurants don't even exist anymore and they're empty buildings and they're up for lease. And so those people that lost those businesses put all their money into those enterprises as entrepreneurs. Uh, my Russian friend Pasha said to me, oh, they can do it again. And I said, Pasha, let me explain something to you. I took small business management in college. And when you're an entrepreneur, you pretty much get one shot and you, you put all your money into it. Like, that's not just like someone else, like the government was paying for those restaurants. That was everything they had for those restaurants. All these businesses that lost everything, it was everything they had. And they probably borrowed money to try and keep their business. So not only do they no longer have their income of their business, but they don't even, they're not right side up with their money. And, you know, in Russia, when he was there, I asked him, how's it going with COVID? And everybody goes, oh, it's the same. Because everybody works for the government. They're all equally like down here with minimal opportunity. And, but here in America, I explained to them, you know, we have opportunities and you can do things, but 
most restaurants fail. Most churches fail, by the way, if you don't know that. Most church plants fail. And most small businesses fail. You know, like, and that's what makes them so special when you make it. And we're watching our country now, and much of the world start to open up. We're watching people begin to travel. When I was at Denver Airport last Sunday, as I went to security on Sunday morning, it was the first time they had the long lines. They, they were moving, but a, previously when I traveled to Denver, there was no line. He just walked right up. It's like, but now there's like longer lines. You can see that we're, the, we're coming out of this long, dark winter, as they say. And the Lord is setting before us opportunities as a church, as he's setting before all of us. Like in a lot of ways, we're all coming out of a hibernation. We're all schools, everything. We're all, we're all moving. We're moving towards spring. It's spring around the planet. It's moving towards spring. And not just the spring, but it's the spring for the lost year. It's like we lost the whole year, and now it's spring. And as we think about what the Lord sets before us, he's setting before us a, a new world with different things, right? I mean, you understand, like, everything's just so different now. It really is. And we've all learned how to acclimate, because human beings are incredibly resourceful, and we've learned how to acclimate to always having a mask. Like, Pasha was with me for five days. I kept saying, you got your mask? I, duh, duh, I have my mask. You know, always have your mask. And, and some places you need it, some places you don't. But if I'm going to the bank, I still need my mask. If I'm going to Albertsons, I still need my mask. And that's just the way it is. And that's, that's okay. And, but we're, we're coming out of this. And as I think about the context of this passage, I, I set before you, you know, the, the, the Lord, look, the Lord your God has set the land before you. And what we really want to be looking at is what the Lord has set before us. I was at Calvary Costa Mesa Wednesday night with Brian Broderson, uh, Andrew leading worship. It was a wonderful night. And then I met with Brian and Pastor John and Pasha for a couple hours in the office, Pastor Chuck's office. It was wonderful to talk about Russia and missions. And I love being around people that are enthusiastic and, and opportunistic. They see, they, they're enthusiastic and they see opportunity. They see opportunity in our country. They see opportunity in the ends of the earth. They see opportunity in everything. And it was just so wonderful to be with people like that. Then I go to this pastor's conference at Downey yesterday and today, and the, all the messages were just of, uh, uh, optimistic and of opportunity and, and what the church can do. And as we're coming out of this dark winter, that this whole thing that we've been through, it's been almost exactly a year, because remember March 13th was when it all began, that Friday the 13th, and our last service was the 14th with Jack leading us in worship. That's where the whole journey began. And we're almost there, the one-year anniversary. I heard the Disneyland's opening up and soon. We don't know when, but they said they're going to open up. And like, this is what we're seeing. So the Lord is setting before us. We're all coming out of this. And it's not what people think so much or what governments think or want to do, whether they saw opportunity or lost opportunity during the last year. What it's really about is the kingdom of God. What it's really about is Jesus Christ on the throne over his universe, over this planet. And what's he want to do? in the church of Jesus Christ, his church, going forward from this time with the current generation and the next generation. What does he want to do with worship generation? What does he want to do with the Calvary Chapel movement? What does he want to do with the body of Christ, uh, the gospel preaching, Bible teaching churches in our country and around the world? That's really what it's about. And then we break it down to you, your family. What is he setting before you? What is he setting before you in March of 2021? We had no idea what he sent before us in March of 2020, right? I mean, the first week of 20, the first week of March is when I called Scott Cunningham and I said, "Hey, dude, you should you get your stuff now while it's still there." 
Uh, you could see where it was going. I was getting reports from China. I was getting reports from other parts of the world, Italy. And I'm like, hey, we're in for something here. And, but now, like, here we are. We've come through it. And I hope we've grown. I hope we're more humble. I hope we're more gentle. I hope we're more spirit-filled. I hope we have more faith. I hope there's a greater brokenness and a greater anticipation and expectation of what God, who he is, a deeper understanding of him and his character and what he wants to do in your life. So he sets before all of us. So I'm thinking of this application for the body of Christ worldwide, for, for our church. And again, just, you know, two hours in Pastor Chuck's office with Brian and John and and pastors, it's like, oh, it's so exciting because we're talking about the future. We're talking about the next 20 years and how we're going to reach the next generation of Russian kids. Podroikas, the, 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 the children, the teenagers. But now they're so Americanized, they say, how do you say teenagers? Like, ah, oh, you say teenager. <laughs> Go figure, right? Uh, a lot of countries do that. You know, the languages, they just like, they pick our languages and they watch enough American TV. So the word for teenager in Russia didn't apply anymore because the teenagers call themselves teenagers, right? So how are we going to reach that next generation? And so now the set before us an opportunity for us as a church and what's set before you in your life moving toward Easter, what as we things kind of move forward to the new normal. I, would, I wouldn't say go back to normal, right? Because we're not going back to what we thought was normal, but we're going forward into a new normal and we're moving toward that. So I would say, as I look at this text, I think what the Lord is saying to us, because we have faith and optimism in Jesus Christ, and we would say, look, things are, the spring is coming. The seasons are changing. And what is the Lord setting before us? Now, he set before them contextually a great future, a great inheritance, a great opportunity for their families, for their marriages, for their children, for their children's children. That's what he was setting before them. And in front of them were battles and blessings. That was a a phrase used yesterday by Pastor Gerald Hagerman that really spoke to me. Battles and blessings. And it got me thinking there are no blessings without the battles. And there's battles without blessings, but if you've got Jesus Christ, your battles can be turned into blessings. But there's always battles with the blessings of the Lord. There's blessings in the battles with the Lord as well. So we have to ask ourselves, what is God calling us to now as things are really going forward in 2021? We're going on to a new normal and winter has given way to spring in more ways than one. Well, the Lord, the first thing we see in this text that he said, so I want you to think about what is God setting before you? Now that's a personal application that God might give you. I'm thinking a lot about missions, our community and stuff like that. Walking by the beach, we walked by the Pier Plaza there with Pasha and I said, you know, for 12 plus years, Brian Broderson and everyone worked together for these outreach events called, you know, Beachside Summerfest. And none of it happened last year. The 4th of July didn't happen. I was like, I don't know if we can even come back and do it this year. Like, suddenly I'm thinking about things I haven't thought about because there's no reason to think about them because nothing was happening. Will Labor of Love come back to Bolsa Chica for Joe Pettick and uh, Calvary Chapel of the Harbor and their big event? Will Beachside Summerfest come back to the Calvary movement for Orange County? I... Honestly, I don't know. But I want to be seeking the Lord to find out what is there that we can be a part of. I do know this. Greg Laurie is doing his crusade this year. Did you know that? Did you know that? And you know, Greg Laurie got a bigger vision. Did you know that too? Because Greg Laurie's not going back to the Big A. You know where he's going? The new stadium where the Chargers and the Rams play. 
I was like, oh, yeah, Greg Laurie. Yeah, that's a man with a bigger vision, right? He had to take one step back. Easter, all that, remember? His crusades were all online. And he comes back in 2021. Oh, he's not thinking big A for the 31st year. He's thinking the brand new stadium in Los Angeles. I like that. That's inspiring to us. So now as we go forward and think about this text for us, I want you to think we're not regressing to remote crusades online. That was a holding pattern or the situation as Greg Laurie is moving toward the crusade in the brand new stadium that's yet to even have a true capacity crowd whatsoever because of COVID in it. That's how we want to think. Big God, big vision, faithfulness, big promises. So now, as we've studied these wilderness wandering folks and these 10 spies with the bad report versus the two spies with the good report, Joshua and Caleb, we now use our context of our life where God says, I set before you. So we again ask ourselves, what is God setting before us individually and for our families and personally right now? And as he sets these things before us, we see that the first thing he said, reviewed by Moses in reviewing what he had said is, go, and now this is before they sent the spies, go up and possess it as the Lord has spoken to you. Do not fear or be discouraged. So let us begin here by saying in this broad topic, these little supporting points to it, but really the topic itself is the point tonight. Bigger vision, big God, bigger, bigger vision, time to go forward and go up and possess but we see that he says, go up and possess it as spoken, but do not fear or be discouraged. We have to go up. We have to get after it. We have to make things happen. You have to make the phone call. You have to pray and get the vision. You, you have to take action. And you have to think about, first of all, maybe what the Lord's putting on your heart, what's in your thoughts, what's the passion that's in your heart that he's putting there, and then you need to take steps in that direction. And if you know the Lord is guiding you and leading you, you need to go up. Now, when we give our life to Christ, we're born again of the Holy Spirit. And as we're born of the Spirit, we pass from death to life. And we pass from being outside the promises to, to all the promises. We've been talking about that quite a bit. And in Christ, we have all the promises there, yes and amen. And in Christ, we have access to us all the power of heaven to fulfill what God has for us. So when we think about if we've given our life to Christ and God's saying, hey, go up and possess whatever it is, whether it's new victories in our personal life and character, whether it's new opportunities of creativity he's given us, whatever it could be, it's moving toward, it's moving forward with the Lord. Because for them, it was going forward and entering into the promises and the inheritance. And for us, we can keep that context and say, yeah, but it's through Jesus. So the non-believer doesn't get to go forward the same way. In the last nine months, I gave away two cars and had one stolen. And we were down to one car. And the only car I had went to Colorado last week and is there in Denver. And I was going to need to rent a car. And like I do a lot of times around 2.30 in the afternoon, I was like, <sighs> Jennifer's like, you're going to call Enterprise and set that up for the next month? I'm like, I'm going to take a nap first. <laughs> you know, it's not like about nighttime church, you can take that nap. I mean, this is so me, right? And I woke up from the nap with a message, and it was someone saying, hey, I got a car I want to give you. Wow. Wow. Hey, honey, someone's going to give me a car. Really? Call him back. I'm like, 
wow, they want to give me a car. They gave me a nice car. And I had to get it, so I went to Denver, I came back, I had to get it registered in small pink slip, you know, automobile club and all that kind of stuff. And I, I met the, the uh, auto body place and um, the, he's, for the smogging, it's an older car. And, I, and, uh, and that guy goes, oh, wow, this is a really nice car. It's a really nice car. I know, I know, yeah. Someone gave it to me. Really? Yeah. I said, you know, I've given two cars away this year, and I've had one stolen. No kidding. He's like, it's like circle of life, huh? And I was like, kind of. That's the difference between being not born again and born again. Because there is a universal principle of sowing and reaping. And most world religions recognize that. But for the follower of Christ, our sowing and reaping is in Jesus Christ's name. And we have the promise in 2 Corinthians that if you sow bountifully, you'll reap bountifully. You see, that's what I mean. Like, that just, that, that just, you know, God knows what we need before we even ask. I fell asleep and I'm going to have to call rental car people when I wake up. Sometimes it's good to wait on the Lord. You know, like, 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 remember, like, Dopey and Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs are sleeping on the feathers. Yeah, it's like, like that, you know? Or the lion in Wizard of Oz when he falls asleep in the field. That kind of sleep. Phone wakes up. There it is. God is good. He knows what you need before you ask. And if you sow bountifully, you will reap bountifully. Yeah. I just share that to encourage your faith. But my point being, as you go up and possess, we go up in Jesus' name with all the promises working for us. And as we're just true to who we are in Christ and just be who we are in Christ, it's all going to work out. He's going to take care of it. He's, he's going to take care of it. We think, oh, we'll get a good deal with Enterprise for a few weeks. They're pretty good people up there on Beach Boulevard. We've worked with them before. God's going, no, i got a car for you. I'm going to give you a car. See, like, that's our God who we serve. They were going to move toward their inheritance. We need to move toward our inheritance. And when we're born again through faith in Jesus Christ, and we pass from death to life, we are joint heirs with Christ, and we are in the trust, we are in the state, the estate, and our Heavenly Father wants to do good things for us. God is for us, and we must keep that in mind. And Scott, thank you for your prayers earlier, talking about he, he spoke Jeremiah 29 to us. He spoke it over us, right? You prophesied that passage over us tonight. My thoughts are good thoughts. They give you a future and a hope. And then you quoted Psalm 139 as well. It's beautiful. Like, that's, he's just prophesying over us when he's leading us in worship. When God's saying for us, go up, go up, get after it. Because we're not coming from what we think we might be able to accomplish in our own strength but we're coming from who Christ is and what he's already accomplished for us. And we're simply obeying him and moving toward what he has for us. See, this is the Old Testament version, but through faith in Jesus Christ and, the, and being born of the Spirit and the power of the Spirit and the promises of God, we're moving toward, we're not in the dark groping, not knowing. We're, being, we're walking by faith, but we're being led by the one who died for us and rose for us. And so you get after it. So I want to remind us, as you're thinking about what's out there, like, Get after it. And when you think about getting after it going forward from all that we've been through in this last year, you think, well, okay, he says, do not fear or be discouraged. And that was before they went in or even spied out the land. We are tempted to be afraid. And what are we most afraid of? The unknown. We're afraid of the unknown. The new job. If you have it, the first day is coming. Like my sister Barbie on Monday, her first day on the new job. Macy San Diego, she knew that. She found her way there. Four years ago when she's at rehab house, 
and got the job as a rehab person at Macy's as a temp during Christmas season, that was a huge step of faith to get back into society, go to work, and get paid $15 an hour and work in the shoe department. And she became like a manager, and she's really good at selling shoes because Barbie's got great people skills. And so she got, out, got after it, and she, little things faithful, bigger things. And so, but on Monday, she gets on the 95 from Vero Beach, Florida, and drives them over Beach, Florida, and goes to the new Macy's with all new people. And she's not selling shoes, she's selling furniture. She's not on the taking Interstate 8 to work at Macy's where Jack Murphy Stadium is being torn down right now. She's taking the 95, new freeway, different time zone. Still a Macy's, doesn't look like her Macy's at Mission Valley. It looks like a Macy's in Melbourne from the 70s. Older looking building, but it has the Florida palm trees, not our fan palms, but the Florida palms. That's her day on Monday. She was panicking the other day. She called me up. She was terrified. Joey, Barbie, God got you cross country. The car died in Mobile, Alabama. You found a way. You signed the, the closing papers at the Navy Federal in Pensacola on Thursday. I'm so proud of you. Then you got to the signing on Friday in Vero Beach. The, the pod with your stuff's arising on, arriving on Thursday. I'm in an empty house, and I'm like, what have I done? You've gotten to the promised land is what you've done. You've you've gotten after it. You've gotten after the next thing. You've been listening to the Worship Generation Radio Ministry with Pastor Joey Brandt. If you would like more information about the ministry of Worship Generation, visit us online at www.worshipgeneration.com, where you can listen to the podcast of today's entire message. Worship Generation is located at 10350 Ellis Avenue in Fountain Valley, California. Our service times are Saturday evenings at 6 p.m. and Tuesdays at 7 p.m. And also follow Pastor Joey on Instagram under the tag name at Joey Brand. Thanks for listening and God bless. Not ashamed of the gospel. Not ashamed, not ashamed of the one I love. Not ashamed, not ashamed.